0: I'm Joe Kane.
1: I'm Sal Kanka. And I'm Wayne Heckler.
0: And this is The Imperfect Podcast.
1: Don't forget to check us out at hecklerkane.com and download our episodes for free on iTunes and SoundCloud. To the bumper.
0: Today on The Imperfect Podcast, we're talking to actor and comedian Christian Frazier. He's best known for his work as Henry Weaver on Fox's Gotham. Let's check him out.
1: Christian, welcome to the Imperfect Podcast.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Awesome, man. We're excited to have you. Not so long ago, we actually got to meet face-to-face at the Mixnology event here in New York. So um, you did a great panel. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what the panel was that you spoke on that day?
2: Oh, man. That was actually pretty awesome. Uh, The Mixnology was a a networking event uh, with actors, filmmakers, directors, a lot of people in the entertainment industry. And um, there were some casting directors there, uh, PR people, actors, uh, executive producer, uh, Matthew Penn, um, which has done like over 200 shows. It was actually a great opportunity to meet him. Uh, some of the shows that he's done like Law & Order, which I actually worked on. And also uh, he's got you know a new show called Queen of the South. So he's active and everybody that was there was active and busy in the industry So it was good to hear something uh, from people who are in the industry, because a lot of times when students go to school, uh, they're talking to people who have retired or not really working in the industry. So to hear the feedback and the information from people who are actively doing it was so valuable.
1: Yeah, for sure. We we it was one of the first events like that that we've attended. Um, we had had Ermon uh, on the show before here talking about Gunhand, which is a western that they're currently crowdfunding. So it, that you know we've we've come full circle. And, uh, you know, meeting somebody at the event, we actually finally got you on the podcast. And I know you were billed that day because you were listed as having been on Gotham, which is one of Joe's favorite shows. <laughs> I, I'm,
0: I, I love that show. <laughs> I'm a huge Batman fan. I, you know what? And I you're obviously a comic show. book fan with your before, shirt there.
2: Since before, when I heard that they were actually doing this show called Gotham, I got so excited about it. And I was like. I want to be on that show. That's the kind (laughs) of show that I want to be on. And it's not every day that, you know, your dreams actually get to to come to fruition. And I actually got, you know, to work on the show. Um, I went in there to meet with them probably about uh, 10 times before I actually ended up working on the show. They kept bringing me in to audition. But uh, every time I, I auditioned, it was for a much larger part. And then the uh, the Henry Reaver uh, role came about, and uh, I went in an audition, nailed it. I mean, I got the call. I think before I got home, like you know, they want to use you, and uh, the rest is history.
3: Cool. Hey, that's a really cool shirt because it's it's a cool Superman shirt, but it looked like you have the cape on with the color of a collar. I really I'm like that. Like, that's so I cool.
2: have like so many different uh, Superman <laughs> shirts. I'm a big Superman. so I have like Superman shirts. Superman jackets. There's a Superman... uh, Hold on. Nice. Love it. Sometimes it's like layered down. Like I might have the Superman hoodie, pull it off. I got the Superman shirt on. Now I have a
0: question for you. Did you wear that Superman shirt on the Newsday article?
2: I did. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. You know, I lost 70 pounds. That's how I actually made it on the front page of the New York Post. They were talking about New Yorkers that had Amazing weight loss stories. And uh, I used to be, you know, a lot bigger. And uh, I was like, really, it came down to the point where at casting, I was like, I hope they don't ask me to take my shirt off. And uh, I was like, you know what, I got to get in shape just in case they do ask me to take my shirt off.
0: Right.
2: Uh, Now, you were also in the
3: military. I'm sorry, you're also in the military. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I was, I was in the military. I was in the Navy for uh, eight years, way long time ago. I actually joined in 1988 and uh, actually went uh, through Desert Storm, Desert Shield uh, back in the 90s over over there. And then I spent a couple years over in Japan.
1: Cool. Um, well, thank but, you for your service.
0: Yeah, thank you for your service. Thanks
2: very much. I appreciate it.
1: We've had, so we've had another veteran on the show before. I don't know if you're familiar with Marshall Teague. He's an actor. Uh, he was in the uh,
2: Roadhouse, who fought fans. Patrick
1: Swayze at the end. That guy, that fight.
2: Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a whole uh, group. Uh, they were really big uh, here in New York, but it kind of died down in New York. But they are still very active in California. It's actually called the Veterans for Film and Television. Oh, wow. And uh, hopefully uh, they'll get uh, you know active again here in New York because they did a lot. You know to help veterans like uh, be introduced to the studios and executives and things like that. You know to help veterans who are in the business. You know to be able to get some work. Of
1: course. Well, before we get like ahead of ourselves, we like jumped all over the place already. I know we're not we're on no sort of format tonight. (laughs) Yeah, let's uh, let's wrangle it back in, which is cool. And um, where did you grow up? Are you a native New Yorker?
2: I'm actually from Newark, New Jersey. I was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. Um, from there, I actually, I had some family and my father came back and forth from Brooklyn. So like when I was five and six, I actually lived in Brooklyn, uh, you know, for a year or so. And then I moved back to Jersey, spent most of my time in Jersey and, uh, graduated from high school, went to Bloomfield tech out in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I graduated on a Friday and on Monday morning, I was actually in boot camp.
1: So before the military thing, were you a theater kid? Were you just making movies at home with your parents' camcorder? Where-
2: no. Actually, I, I really wasn't into the business, didn't have any desire to be in the business. I, I was not one of those who did plays in high school or anything like that. I mean, I went to an inner-city school. We barely had... I mean, I think the only sports we had was basketball, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that was it. So I didn't really do theater or anything, and I kind of... Uh, fell into the acting game um, by accident. I was actually working in the technology industry for at and knocking on doors and knocked on this talent agency. And the person was like, look, we don't have anybody like your type. We need people like you here, like now. <laughs> it was like, oh, please come, you know. So I was like, oh, sounds interesting. And a couple weeks later, I submitted some pictures And they put me to work and I kind of got bit by the bug. I worked uh, for commercials. I started in the business in Florida and worked on commercials for Disney. And uh, actually seeing the whole process put together, I was very intrigued. And then I started to pursue work on my own and went to, uh, I worked on a movie, uh, Out of Time with Denzel Washington. First movie I ever worked on. And I got to meet Dean Kane. being a big Superman fan. (laughs) Dean Kane, right? So I was all excited. And then, of course, Denzel Washington. And then uh, it was one of those funny situations where it was in a remote remote location in Sarasota, Florida, and they didn't have catering. So catering was at a restaurant overlooking the ocean, and it was like steak and lobsters. And I thought that this is how you always ate on movies. And I was like, (laughs) I'm done. This is it. (laughs) No.
0: I've been on a lot of movie sets. I've never seen Steak and Lobsters on the craft table. Sorry (laughs) about that. craft services, baby.
2: I've never seen it since. No, I'm just kidding. That's great.
0: That's
3: awesome. Now, when did you go to, you went to the Stella Adler School of Acting. When did you do that?
2: Actually, when I moved back to New York, um, I decided, like I said, I wanted to do acting a little bit more and decided to move back to New York and learn a little bit more. So I started attending seminars and everything. And I started looking at, you know, some of the top acting schools in uh, New York. And Stella Adler is always at the top, listed to one of, you know, the top four or five schools uh, in the country. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to a school that had some name and had some weight uh, when you're talking to somebody. And um, I-, I really enjoyed, you know, the classes and everything that I learned there. And it was still... Really good. Even after being in the industry uh, for a while, I still feel like I really learned a lot.
0: Yeah,
3: no. nice. it so holds up. Excellent. For well, sure.
0: I, I mean, our our whole philosophy is you're always learning. You're not you're not just stagnant. And you're not just going okay. Well, I, I did it. I'm done. And now mm-hmm. what? Same you, thing
3: like a musician. Yeah, right? you're, you're never you're, really done. You're never right? really
0: done. You're always you're always learning. Oh, you're, you're always, always crafting love. your um, uh, um art art. So.
2: You're always, I feel like I'm learning every time I watch television, like I'm learning every time I watch an actor, every time I go to a movie, you know, I watch movies. I feel like as an actor, uh, we should watch movies differently. Um, I watch, I really kind of watch it from a director's perspective. I feel Mm. like, you know, I feel like that's the natural progression for an actor. Like, you know, you want to do it and then ultimately you want to direct. And that's definitely one of the things that I actually do a lot of directing and stuff like that on my own now, a lot of shorts, music videos and things. So uh, that's definitely the direction that I want to go. And, um, I, you know, you, you've you got to basically be able to learn the entire filmmaking process. It's, you know, it's, it's an mm-hmm. ever, you know, so I know how to edit, you know, I know sound. You know, I know lighting. I can operate the camera. I'm a DP, you know, as well. So I think that it it also helps you as an actor when you understand the whole process. You know, like, you know, at the end of the scene, you know, when you're finished, you don't just cut and walk away. You know, you pause for a little bit you know, leave a little space for that editing, you know, room.
3: (laughs) Yeah, right. Excellent question. You're right. In this business, you have to do it all. You have to understand every aspect of it. You never know what job you're going to
2: get to or offered. Well, I feel like the the, the industry has really changed a lot over the last, uh, I would say five to 10 years. And that, that, uh, give an example, a lot of news reporters had to become cameramen because they can't, you know, news stations can't afford to have a cameraman and a reporter the camera, the you know, reporters gotta carry the the equipment, go out there, set it up and everything like that, and get on camera and report and do everything. So uh I feel like even from the acting side that we have to uh, you know, because I, I still feel like I hear a lot of actors resisting the change, mm-hmm. but you know, we've gotta produce, we've gotta write, we've gotta direct, we've gotta do it all basically, because if you just sit around and wait for a job to come. Is probably not going to happen.
1: Right? Yeah, and that's some of the conversations that we have all the time as an independent film production company. You know, we we realize that you know we need to just go out and make our own projects. You know, if you want to act, write something you're going to act in yourself. Get a camera, go out and do it. Go out and shoot it. Awesome. Show you show your chops off. Create your own acting reel. Right? I mean. And get exactly. as much gigs as you can at the same well, time. Of, <laughs> well, of course, while you're still looking, still yeah. looking for gigs, of course, we want yeah. we want to get paid.
2: <laughs> you got to pay the bills, uh, so you're still looking for gigs. But at the same time, I feel like you can actually do a lot more meaningful work um, in the indie world and doing stuff like that on your own. Um, you know, I can work on a major television show or a film, but. You know, unless you're the lead character in the film or the show or whatever, uh, your interaction is going to be but so limited. So to be able to do more and to get more depth out of you as an actor, write your own stuff. Who is actually going to be able to write more better material for you than you? Because you know what you can do. Mm -hmm.
3: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, Christian, you're a stand-up comedian as well. So that's kind of cool. Oh,
2: I love, you know, I mean, <laughs> I've been watching comedy since I was a kid. Uh it's funny because my fr- I have a friend, my friend is Richard Pryor's son, Richard Pryor Jr. um actually lives here in New York and um I was watching Richard Pryor really when I was when I shouldn't have been watching Richard Pryor. (laughs) We all were. I think think that's a common theme. I I remember recording Richard Pryor on a VHS tape and my mother finding it and like, (laughs) what are you doing watching this filth? And like, she recorded some soap operas over it. And I was devastated. But, you know, I've I've always watched comedy um, since I was a kid. And it just became very natural to me. I mean... I watched every comedy show. I watched all the talk shows. And, you know, so it it just became a a natural thing. So when I moved back to New York uh, about six years ago, I actually decided to do my first stand-up. And what was so interesting about it is that the casting director from the Chris Rock show was there. And uh, so when I finished my stand-up, she said, oh, my gosh. She said, you were so funny. She said, you were great.
0: That gave me like
2: all the confidence in the world that I needed because she worked with Chris Rock, JB Smooth, and Wanda Sykes. <laughs>
3: nice, nice. Awesome characters, yeah. <laughs> so you
2: know, I I don't do it uh, as much as I would like to because um, there's really not a lot of money in comedy. No, yeah, <laughs> right. It's, I mean, you know, you always hear about comedians touring around the country living in like, you know, flea bag motels and uh, eating hamburgers and fries, you know, six days a week. Right. And I I, I, I choose not to really live that life. Um, I actually do a lot of comedy on my own, uh, really with groups of friends on the weekend and, and just like make everybody laugh. And and to me, it kind of fulfills my passion until I can actually do Some more comedic projects. Sure,
1: I mean, and the good news is you're in New York City. If you really wanted to, you go down to the improv and probably get a set or do an open mic, open mic nights and things like that. Any time you want to do that, right?
2: Open mics, but uh, the 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 thing that I found with a lot of open mics is that it's a lot of bunch of other comedians there watching you, and sometimes it depends on their comedy. Like they don't really, they might not even be into your comedy at all. So you're standing. And you could be really killing it, but they're yeah. sitting up the poker face and they're just looking at you, or they're writing down their jokes and they're stealing it. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> that's what I was
3: going to say exactly. I did. Uh, I
0: did my a, a little bit of stand up myself, and I I opened for DL Hughley at Gotham many years ago.
2: Oh my god! And
0: uh, D, D, he DL looked at me and he was like, he's like, oh, that was great stuff. He goes, you'll never make it on that, but it was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Really wow. Yeah. Like it was it was a
0: it was a backhanded compliment. I'm going, Okay, well that's...
3: Well, he's trying to challenge you to do your very best. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Yeah. exactly. So I, I uh I actually did a a comedy uh show um about a year ago called Black Don't Crack mm-hmm. and it's kinda like my slogan because you know, people who look at me, people don't look at me and they don't know that I'm a grandfather of three, father of four. Um, and so they're like, wow, you, you know, you still look, look, really young. And I always tell them, you know, black don't crack unless you smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I, I, my comedy stick is actually basically, um, doing jokes about being in your forties, you know, like not looking like you're in your forties, but still feeling like you're in your forties.
0: Yeah. Like
2: I may not look like it, but I still feel like, it, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Like you're. <laughs> 40 year old medical problems and issues that happen when you become 40 plus.
3: Like having diabetes and having sex, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Wayne somebody watched his stand up yeah
1: that was awesome I was loving it yeah that's some good
3: check this guy's stand up out it's funny stuff yeah Yes. Yeah, so if you want
1: to know all about diabetes and sex check out Christian
3: Frazier he's the right one to see about diabetes <laughs> and sex
2: then go to my website all about it something to be proud of that's so damn funny I start doing some instructional videos hey
3: something I want to ask you to bro ass game show right that scene that you you were singing out deck the halls to scare people was that that to me that couldn't have been just random right they had to pick you out and say hey we're gonna do this how does that work is it like the price is right when like brad pitt is really on it and he's just a contestant at the time is that what they were doing
2: (laughs) it's kind of like that it is kind of like that it's kind of it's kind of random but not random okay And the people that I were that I was actually running up to singing to, I did not know them, never seen them before, or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, and yeah. actually, uh, there's an extended clip, like you saw the um, the short clip, but there there's an extended clip actually on this show. where I swear, like this dude one of the. Like knock my lights out. <laughs> I bet that has gotta bet, be. It's yeah. gotta be a
0: scary thing. And yeah. w- you know, you're an actor, and you go and you do a part of like where you're interacting with people who don't know. You know, un- unbeknownst to them, mm-hmm. uh, and you always have that like. There's always that thing that they could possibly turn around and deck you.
3: Oh, well, the one guy, he like, push
0: your stomach a
3: little. You could see, even on a short I mean, version. I'm he, like,
0: yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Super See? Yeah, you for can't all all mess of, with this. For everybody um, listening, just, just
3: let the guy sing Deck the Halls. Just leave him alone. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Yeah, for,
1: for anybody listening, he's flexing his muscles. <laughs> Christian's got some guns in case you're not watching the YouTube segment. <laughs> <laughs> um so i I wasn't i wasn't
2: afraid of that at all (laughs) i hear you
1: nice
3: look at that there you go one
1: more time and so (laughs) (laughs) so in terms of being a working actor we have a lot of indie film folks that listen to the show and things like that what is day-to-day like for a working actor like What's getting up in the morning like? What's your daily routine, right? Your if you're not on set every day, what's it like? What's the gig like?
2: My day, my day is mostly like crying and depressed norms. <laughs> get out of the business now. Let's get re- let's get real. Well, every day, you know, in the in the actor world every day at the end of the day whether you're working or not, you're unemployed at, at the end of the day every day. So uh, you're always looking for a job. And um, I feel like looking for a job is a full-time job. So it's not really about um, sleeping in late, you know, till 12 o'clock or whatever. I feel like you gotta get up early every morning. Um, You actually have to have a life outside of acting. Um, I feel like so many actors uh, get consumed in the industry And what happens, the reality is, it doesn't really matter how good you are, how good you look, you are just not going to work on a consistent basis all the time, because there's so many different reasons why they don't hire you. You may be too tall for the other actor, or maybe your presence just kind of like outstages the other actor when they're the lead in the, in the, the series or the movie whatever it is. It's just so many different reasons why you're not hired. So you have to actually have, I I feel like if you have a life outside of acting, if you build something that you can, you know, kind of like focus on outside of acting, then it really kind of helps you to give you balance with acting. And then also I feel as an actor, like, if you're only in acting and this is your entire life and this is all that you do and everything like that, you don't even have any hobbies or anything like that. And if you're not working on a regular basis, when you go in for that job, you're going to be desperate. You really Mm -hmm. are. You're going to be like, I need this job. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That desperation is really going to come across in your performance. And it's not going to be, you know, right unless it's a desperate role or something like that. But again, not 90% of the time is not really going to be your best performance. So, you know, being able to take that rejection um, is a lot easier when you have something else that you can fall back on. And you're like... Because, like, for me, you know, I go and I do my audition and I'm like, I'm out! I'm done. Peace. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm done with it. You know, uh, you that's got other it. stuff to get to. <laughs> I know that it's... I'm not sitting around waiting by the telephone mm. waiting for them to call me because... I know that the reality is is that I might get um, some like th- there might be a major star going for the same role, mm-hmm. and uh, if that star's got more clout and more credibility, then they're naturally going to give it to that person because at the end of the day, it's a business, and we have and it's all about getting more eyeballs on the screens on television and more ticket sales in the theaters sure
1: absolutely sure and so you've got almost 30 acting credits to your name we know Gotham was huge is that the role that stands out to you most as your pride and joy or do you have some other roles that were really you know kick ass for you
2: I think I think definitely uh Gotham's uh that role the Henry Weaver role stands out um a lot to me and um I would really love to be able to go back and expand on that role I mean Henry Weaver didn't die which is a mm-hmm. good thing. <laughs> so it's always kind of like up in the air what the writers want to do. Uh, you know, from day to day, uh, the writers don't know what they want to do sometimes. Yeah, sure. Uh, in the industry, I mean, they are writing on the fly. I've gone in to work on some projects where I actually went, I'm talking about major projects on major television, major television networks where we went in and they said, you know what? We actually don't have a script for the day. Wow. Uh, wow. You know, we're going to pay Good luck. You. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it does happen. So sure. sometimes things are being written, I mean, literally on, you know, on the fly. So, you, you know, you've you got to be prepared as an actor mentally, you know, to be able to handle that. You know, so it's, it's a lot of pressure. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. It's the industry.
0: From a financial standpoint, um, are there any roles that you just took because you needed money because you had to do it and that you regret?
2: Um, no, I haven't really gotten there yet.
0: <laughs> well,
2: or, or you're too polite Who, to he, tell well, us. But he's hopeful. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> there's, uh, there's nothing that I've really done, um, basically for the money because before I actually got into real estate, I was a big time real estate dude in uh, Florida. I was like like one of the, I think in Century 21, I was like the top four agent in the entire state. So um, money doesn't motivate me as much. I mean, I like to eat and everything like that, but I'm not going, I turn down roles, put it like this, I turn down roles all the time um, because I, I feel like it's not a right fit or it just, if it's not going to advance my career, you know, what do I need it for?
1: Right.
3: For sure. Yeah. yeah. You want to be selective
1: at a point. Right. So thinking back to that audition for Gotham, is there something in particular that you think you did that day that got you the role? Or was it something that the casting agent was looking for particularly that day? Uh, I guess in terms of what I'm really looking for is what tips do you have for folks going into auditions to be able to land
2: a role? Well, uh, the one thing that I, I would say uh, about Gotham, and I'd uh, like to give a shout-out to the guys over at Bola Nisha. They actually do a really good job at um, casting. And one of the things that I noticed that they always do is they always ask the actors, do they watch the show? Mm-hmm. And um, you'd be surprised at how many times I hear a lot of actors say no. And I think that uh, for me, because I was a fan, I watched this show and I understood the characters and I understood the the characters that I were that I was playing against. And I think that that really helps you to give a great performance because you understand what that character' is all about. So basically you can give it properly. And I think that that's what helps you basically to get cast you know, in any roles or any show, doing your research, researching the show, watch the show, understand the pacing, researching the directors, the producers, you know, everybody that's involved in the show, to kind of understand their styling and everything so that you can, can, can bring it, what they're looking for. You already know what they're looking for when you come in the door, so it just makes their job a lot easier to catch
3: That's excellent advice, Christian, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: that's really great. I mean, that's, that's, I think, the number one takeaway I think everybody's going to have from this uh, interview with you. So give us a little glimpse of what's in store for the future. What do you got coming
2: up? Uh, I've actually been uh, talking to a lot of different television shows, Mm -hmm. uh, some franchises, uh, even a couple of movie franchises, So I'm just kind of, like, waiting in the wind to kind of see what's happening. Um, I've, you know, talked to some shows about some recurring roles on, uh, you know, I've auditioned for some recurring roles for shows, and I've had some of these uh, casting directors again. You know, a lot of times the casting process is you may have to audition for a show, 10, 12, A friend of mine auditioned for a show, 16 times. Actually, no, 18 times, he told me. Mm -hmm. But he ended up becoming a series regular and worked like seven episodes in an entire season. So, you know, it was definitely worth it. But sometimes the casting director or the casting people, they really like you and they love you and they want you but they're trying to find the right fit for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes it's a process and and honestly, coming from the actor's uh, side, uh, sometimes it sucks. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sure, of course. Very no, stressful,
1: right? Long, drawn-out process.
2: But then uh, what you you have to do is you have to look at the positive side, is that this casting uh, office is calling you back in over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it like they, they're getting submissions. When they put a, a casting notice out there, they're getting probably about eight, to 10,000 submissions per casting notice, and then they've got to you know narrow it down to the people that they can bring in the office. So the fact that you actually made it to that point to go into the office and they're calling you in over and over again really says something about you as a performer, that they see something in you that they like, but not necessarily the perfect fit. Sometimes it may it, it may even take a season or two before you actually get cast on the show.
0: True.
1: Sure. And you may not have been in the role you audition, uh, you originally went into audition for.
2: Oh, definitely not.
1: Right. I mean, uh, <laughs> right. It's like... <laughs> by that point, it could be a different be, show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happens as well, yeah. Exactly. Well, Christian, really appreciate you taking the time today with us and, and hanging out with us on a Friday night. I'm sure you have a lot of, you know... Things you could be doing, like watching stand-up comedy or, you know, hanging out. So, oh, i
2: probably get ready to go to bed in five minutes. No? There you <laughs> go. So why
3: don't you give people a, a quick glimpse Wait, of... Wait, can I ask one more question first? Um, you bet, you... Thank you. Um, Do you wear underoos to bed as well? What are your pajamas <laughs> <What>? like? <laughs> He's wearing a Superman shirt. Do you have, like, the Superman underwear, too? <laughs>
2: Of course I, you know, of course I do. You know, I got to rock my underoos. <laughs>
1: oh, my
0: God. He's hanging with his four grandkids with the underoos. And, we don't you know, know where he came from. He's sitting at that end of the table. He's just, <laughs> he's his own entity. So, Christian,
1: why don't you give everybody uh, your Twitter, Instagram, website, wherever you want people to find you?
2: Actually, I'm going to make it easy. If you go to my website, Christian Frazier, dot com. You'll be able to get to my Twitter, my YouTube, my Instagram. Uh, You can find videos and all that type of stuff up there. You can find some of my, like, my Cooking with Chris video uh, up there. And uh, I actually have a uh, podcast that I was doing uh, for a little bit called Nerd Alert. And you can actually find that up there. And it just talks about new uh, shows and uh, things that are coming out. Uh, this year new films and uh, some reviews about some of the films that we've seen recently.
1: Awesome. Well, Christian, thanks again. We look forward to seeing you in the future. Hope we get to keep in touch and uh, we'll talk soon.
2: Good luck with everything. And so I appreciate it. Have a great night, guys.